Okay, good morning everybody. It is great to see everybody here. It is wonderful to be learning together. Rabbi Steinmetz, a pleasure to have you back. Wonderful to, wonderful to have, you, have you back in Shir. Um, it, is, um, it is great to be learning. We're going to be learning um, on the topic of two roles of government in Israel. It's obviously a very timely topic for, uh, for today's day and age. Um, but let's start from the perspective of Torah. So our, our Shir is going to be focused on a very specific, a very beautiful idea, Maimar in the ideas of Rav Kook. But first, I'd like to uh, take a moment to, to, to thank David and Naomi Kasovitz for sponsoring today's shear. Um, and that is in honor of Josh's upcoming wedding this Thursday evening to Sarah Lefkowitz, Bashar Tova Umutzlachas. Mazal Tov. We enjoyed celebrating yesterday, and we're going to enjoy even more celebrating, God willing, this coming Thursday at a good and healthy hour, Be'ezras Hashem. And also another simcha is we want to thank Moshe and Leora Berger, who are sponsoring for the very exciting birth of a baby boy to Yossi and Mickey. And Be'ezra Sashem, this little one should enter and continue. Mitzvah he's a sent in love to give you tremendous nachas for many, many good years to come. Such such wonderful news. Thank you for, for making this uh, the shir, uh, the, a place to celebrate together. So what we're going to do is the following. We're going to learn just one Gomorrah. No, no frills, no, no accessories. One Gomorrah. And just to see the depth and the complica- complexity of this notion, this idea together, and try to unpack it um, slowly and precisely. So the Gomorrah is a Gomorrah which is a famous Gomorrah. It's a Gomorrah which, to me, every time I learn it, there's something new in it. But I, I, what I would like to do is understand the actual pieces and then understand the picture. Okay, so let's understand the pieces first of all. So here we are, here we, here's what we're told. The Gomorrah in Brachos and Daf Yud, Amun Arab tells us. And we're just going to read through, learn through a little bit of the... The language itself, and then we'll try to try to understand the the larger the larger perspective. Amar Rav Hamnuna, the Gemara tells us in the name of Rav Hamnuna, one of the Amoraim, my dechsev. What is it that is written? Mi kehachacham umi yodea pesher davar. Quoting a pasuk, um, the pasuk is in Koheles, who is like the wise person and knows what's pesher davar. Pesher is from the pshara, compromise. How does that sh- who's who's the one who knows how to make um, compromise? Who is like the Almighty, who knew how to make some compromise between two righteous individuals. Between Chizkiyahu HaMelech and Yeshayahu the Prophet. Chizkiyahu felt that, um, that Yeshayahu should come visit him. We know that Eliyahu the Prophet went to Ahav the king. So therefore, I'm the king. Here's the prophet. He should come to me. So Eliyahu comes to visit Ahav. We know that in the next round of kings and, and prophets, Yehoram went to go, and who was the king, went to go to Elisha, who was the prophet. So they say we both have models for who goes to who. And there's, a, there's an impasse. Nobody can work out who should go to who. That's, the, that's the, the question that we have over here in front of us. So now, let's uh, just, to, just to go back in history, this is the, these, kind of, these kind of things, not to make light of it, but these kind of things have created great damage in, 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 in Claudius. These kind of, these kind of uh, um, we'll call it impasses. Another example of this type of impasse is found in Sefer Shoftim. We're about to read it actually as the Haftarah of this week's parasha in Parashas Chokas. And that is where you have a, the leader of Israel, who's a man by the name of Yiftach, and he makes a very 
um, irrational and, and uh, we'll, we'll call it a, um, you know, impetuous decision where he says, if I succeed in the war against these East Bank Ammonite tribes, I'm going to give whatever comes out of my Midalse Beisi, the, the door of my house will be a sacrifice to the Almighty. And uh, out walks his daughter and he's stuck. And so there's this, the, and it, what, what does that mean he sacrificed her? Does it mean that he declared that she live, live a celibate life? A very complex situation. It is obviously fascinating to notice that his name is Yiftach, which means to find a Pesach, which is what he should have done. He should have found a way out of this, this neder. But nonetheless, the Gemara asks the very base, the Gemendrish asks the fascinating question and says, wait a second, there was no spiritual leadership who he could have consulted and he could have found a way out of his neder. The Gemara says there was, after all, Pinchas, two weeks time, is, well, was still around as a leader. He was, he was blessed with longevity and because he was blessed with longevity, he should have been able to, uh, he should have been able to, to resolve the issue. So the Gemara says, so why, the Medrash says, why did they not consult with each other? So the Medrash says a tragic thing. Major says that Yiftach says, I am the leader, and he is the, and he is the, the spiritual leader. He should come to me, I'm the general. Right? And then Pinchas says, I'm the Kohen Gadol. He should come to me. And the, uh, the, the, the Gomorrah ends tragically by saying that between the two of them, the, do- the, the daughter was lost. Meaning to say, between each of their obstinance in their not willing to go to consult with each other, the young girl between them was lost. And it says, don't worry, they, they all got their due uh, punishment. It says Yiftach, you know, died a terrible death. He, uh, he, he had some sort of form of leprosy that caused his limbs to fall off one by one. So it says, that's why it says, Ephraim. He was buried in the mountains of Ephraim. Right? So it wasn't in one, in one distinct location. Um, and when it came to Pinchas, Pinchas lost his nevuah, which is why he no longer functioned as the Kohen Gadol towards the end of Shaftim. That's what the, the Medrash says. So these kind of, you know, we'll call it when we stand on principle, and not, it's not good. It's not good for us, it's not good for other people. And so this, we have this, this type of impasse forming. It's about, it's, it's calcifying at this point in time between Yeshayahu and Chizkiah Melech. So Hashem says, I'm going to solve the situation. What happens? Hashem did the following. What did he do? He made Chizkiel sick. And he says to Yeshayahu, Thank you. He says, go and, uh, and uh, visit the sick. Um, so the... <laughs> The, 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 the Gemara says, so Hashem made Chizkiah Melech sick. So Yeshayah was now able to visit him as a, 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 and do Bikr Cholim. And as he does Bikr Cholim, he comes in. And I'm not sure this is always the best tack to, to, to uh, this is the best way to open up the conversation. But uh, he says to him, don't worry, you're all going to die. So, uh, so that, that sort of, <laughs> uh, you know, you sort of wonder what they would talk about after that. You know, so it's, you know, it's very hard to move from that to the sports scores or the weather. It's, you know, it kind of puts a little bit of a damper on the conversation, especially seeing as you're the prophet. It's not, you know, it's not even like the doc- doctor is like looking at the file at the door, you know, and he says, you know, son, there's not much time to live. But he, it's, this is the prophet after all. So this is a very, very disappointing kind of conversation. And in fact, in, ca- in case you think there's a silver lining, he says, well, the Gemara says, It's going to be final, right? There's no, there's no, there's no olama ba after this as well. Oh, wow. That's, 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 that's certainly a very, uh, a very uh, disappointing um, kind of Bikur Cholim visit to, to, to hear about. So, Chizkiel says to Amalei, my equally high. 
What's the deal? What did I do so wrong that, that you should make give me such terrible tidings? So, you did not get involved with, you did not have children. You did not try to have children. Okay, so he was seen as, he was, the, the, just to appreciate this, is that Chizkiah Melech never got married. He, 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 in fact, he felt that he should not have children, so he didn't even get involved in marriage, and he was, he was at this point in time, a single king. Amalei, so Chizkiah says, I've got a good excuse. Uh, so he says, it's Amalei Mishum de Chazayli Beruach HaKodesh de Nafki Minai Benin Deloi Mali. He says, I know through my divine spirit, I can see in the future, that if I, the children I were to have, if I were to have children, would be loy ma'ali, not good children. So I'm doing a favor to the world by not having children. Now, a, a tremendous self-sacrifice. So he's saying, I'm a, this is not, a, this is not a, a decision I'm making on a whim. This is not because I want to spend more time at the beach. This is because I, I know that it's going to be bad, so I'm going to save the, net of the world from this. That's a pretty, pretty terrible self-sacrifice. Right, very good. Comes back to self-fulfilling prophecies. Exactly, like last week. So it's a terrifying thing. So do you, how do you, what do you do in this kind of situation? You know, so he's, he's, he's trying to avoid the oncoming train. So Amale, Yeshayahu says to Chizkiah, which is a very, very powerful statement, um, something which resonates throughout history, Why are you involving yourself with the secrets of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Meaning, that's not your business. Your business is not to work out the future. Your business is to work out the present. You should have followed what you commanded to do. We'll deal with the end, you deal with the present, right? So don't, don't try to navigate and manipulate and, and uh, choreograph the future. Hashem will do that. You do what you're supposed to do. So Chizkiah Melech realizes he's wrong. So he tries to suggest a solution. So he says, "Amalei hash to have li barta bartach efshad degarma zuchosa di 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 daf v'nafka mina ibenin damali." So Chizkiah Melech says, "You're not. You're right." He says, "Yishai, I have a great idea. You're you're senior to me. You have a daughter of marriageable age. I'm a I'm a, a very eligible bachelor, um, and I have I have a, I have a problem. So how about this? We'll make a shidduch right here and now, and um, and this will solve the situation." And because we both have such spiritual greatness, maybe we'll be able to produce a child um, that, will, that will avoid this future prophecy. So Amalei, Kvar Nigzor Alech Gezeira. So he says, sorry, <laughs> too late. Chizkiah, you're dead. That's it. There's no, there's no way out. It's unbelievable. This is, this, is not, this is not somebody suddenly giving a prognosis and saying, six months. This is the prophet of God, right? So there's, there's, there's very little to beat around the bush here. Right, he's not being. He's not. He's not being very. Uh, he's not giving gi- giving much wiggle room here. So Amalei, so Chizkiah Melech still disagrees. Kvar Nigzor Alecha Gzeir Amalei Ben Amot Tzai Kalei Nevuas Chavatzei. Close your prophecy, finish your prophecy, and leave. There is the door, Yeshayahu. So Chizkiah is not re- prepared to listen to this type of uh, of closure. I have, a, I, have, I have a tradition from my father's father's house. Even if you have a sword against your neck, a person should not desist from asking for mercy. Quoting a in Eov, very, very famous, Eov says, yeah, when you are going to kill me, I will uh, I'll pray to you. I will still ask for mercy. So 
even though God seems to be the one agent of the, dis- the death, I will still try to ask for mercy. So, even if a, a dreamer, master of dreams, so some sort of uh, oracle says to a person, tomorrow you're dead. There's many things which can be not perfect in prophecy and in dreams, and you don't listen to that, you do what you're supposed to do and still, still, still work. So the Gemara finally says, He turns his face towards the wall. Is that turning to the wall of his chamber? Is that returning to the wall in his heart? Why is the wall in his heart relevant to this fascinating discussion? And he, he prays, he turns to the inside of his heart. And Rabbi Levi Omar al Kir Omar So he says it's referring to the Iske Kir, the issues that related to the wall. What wall is he talking about? So the Isha Shunamis gave a room. She made one wall to, to, to create a room for Elisha. And because of that, um, she, was, she was granted um, that her son was saved. And she had a son and that son would be saved. So my great-great-great-grandfather, David Melech, who made the Beis Amigdash, Shoma Melech, who made this beautiful Beis Amigdash, surely I should have the opportunity. I've been the child of that. Of that, I should be saved. I did so much good in your, um, to you, Hashem. What is the good that I did? Because I put Gula next to Tila, Rabbi Levi Omar Shagana Sefer Rufus. He hid the book, there's some sort of book that was uh, the book of Rufus. Okay, we're not, we're not going to get into that for a second now because that's its own discussion as to what, why he, why these are the two things that he presented in front of Akadosh Baruch Hu to, to survive. And he does survive, it's an amazing thing. And by the way, does, is the prophecy true? Yeah. Prophecy is true. He has a terrible son. He has a son whose name is by the name of Menashe. Menashe was a really bad guy, really, really bad king, not guy. He was one of the worst kings of all Israel, so much so that according to Sefer Melachim, the base of Middash was destroyed because of him. Pretty bad, right? He killed his grandfather, Yishayahu. Right, so he, he murdered his own grandfather, the, the, the person in the story. I mean, like, pretty bad things um, that, that went on because of, because of the son. So it all kind of came full circle. So let's, let's try to understand this. So there's a lot of things to, to understand. One thing which to me is fascinating is it's the same Midah of Chizkiah. He's not willing to accept doomed reality which actually actually plays itself forward into Menashe as well and this just to me is always fascinating is Menashe was a, was a bad king so much so it, 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 it's, it's, there's two versions of the story one in Sefer Melachim and one in Sefer Zira Yom Bez. Zira Yom Bez actually has a longer, longer um, aspect or longer continuation of the story we hear about all the terrible things that he does take a look at source 2 and then we'll come back to this this, this idea of what's going on here as a whole the Gemara, this is the Pesukim in Deryam Bey's Perak Lamed Gimel. We're not going to look at all of it, but if you look at the first, the first section, you know, the first nine Pesukim, you can see some of the things that he did. You know, so he gave his bono ba'eshim pasuk vav. He he gave his children to Moloch, right? That was the 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 the, the one of the Canaanite gods. Um, he was so he consulted soothsayers and and he brought up the dead. And then Vayosim is Pesah Semelah Shirosah Bebeis Elokim. He put a idol in the Beis Hamikdash. I mean, like really bad stuff. As the Shlomo Elokim, as David and Shlomo Benoi, Bebeis Elokim, Shlomo Elokim, Shabbatim, Mikosh Yotis, Shalosim, Shmi Leilam. So really bad things. And um, and uh, in, uh, he he destroyed the mizbeach that Chizkiel Hamelach made, and he he killed many people, innocent people. A lot of really bad things that he did. So at this point in time. Um, 
we, we know that uh, something interesting happens in Pesach So Menashe, the son of Hiskel, was conquered by the Assyrians, who were the power at the time. And they took him in chains back to Babylon. Babylon probably means a suburb of Assyria, because right now Babylon's a, an insignificant you know, blip on the, on the radar screen. <laughs> says when he was in distress, he called out to Hashem, the God of his fathers. Hashem received him and brought him back to Jerusalem, and he knew Hashem was God, and he brought spiritual reform to the nation. The Gemara goes into more detail in Sanhedrin as to what that looks like. It says they were actually boiling him in a cauldron. Right? That was how they, they, were, they were boiling him to death. And at which point he turned out to he turned to God and he prayed to Hashem. And the angels would not allow his tefillahs to come up. The angels said he is so bad that his tefillahs do not are not worthy of being accepted by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu then it says metaphorically dug a hole underneath, underneath his kisei hakavod that it would be a channel through which Menashe's tefillahs would reach. And he accepted Menashe's tefillahs thereby saving him and bringing him back. And to me it's the same pattern as to what his father was doing essentially, right? The same pattern is is he has chizkei melech on the on the death's door. And the prophet is saying, you're dead. And yeah, it's the angel saying to Menashe, there's no way that you're going to be listened to. And what does he do? He still gets listened to. So it seems that the same characteristic is transferred down to his son, even in the most dire of circumstances. Okay, so. Yeah, yeah, so, there, so you're right. And even, even when his tefillah was seen as a last resort, he prayed to all the other folks in the Pantheon before he turned to the, the Almighty. But nonetheless, it's the same, it's the same, the same pattern, which you see is that Kosh Baruch even at the, at the, we'll call it, when one reaches the dead end, um, one is still able to do this. Now, let me ask you a question. That's a good question. There's a discussion as to how sincere he was, and that, d- that discussion is, is expressed in the fact that Melachim and Dereyom are different to each other, and is expressed in the Machlaikas Tanaim, the Mishnah, whether he lost or still gained his Chelek and Olam and is in the Machlaikas Amoraim, the Gemara. So that, sort of that, that dispute as to how sincere he was um, is, is something which is seen throughout the tradition of Jewish history, where there's different versions as to how Menashe was able to succeed. <laughs> they ask a question, what would be the... He followed through, he followed through with his, his he took away the He did, he did. Was it sufficient enough? Not, 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 not an sure that they, they say that they, he wasn't able to remove the bombers, he wasn't able to change the people's heart necessarily because the damage he done was, was not fully able to be undone. But yes, he, try, he did try the best he could. So the question was, was this under coercion or was this because of full heart? And that's a discussion that's had in the Gemara. Doesn't the Baldwin just sound like coercion? <laughs> you, you're right, you're right. You're right, I guess in that foxhole, you know, so he, he was still able to, but the point that Paul's making is he did it did follow through, at least outwardly, in terms of the way he led the nation for the next few years, the next two decades. It's a complicated, complicated person, but nonetheless, he, he still seemed to have that recognition. Now, let me ask you a question. What would, the, 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 what would you put as the title of this Gomorrah? If you were to like, sort of be, if you had this paragraph in the Gomorrah, what would you give as the title of this Gomorrah? What, what would the topic be? And there we go. That's it, right. So this is what I. So it's 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 an unbelievably hopeful Gemara, right? Here you have Chizkiyah Melech, he's sick. You have Yeshayahu Navi. You you have this this ability of somebody even really at death's door to 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 have a, a renewed life. This possibility, this hope, never give up. And that's I, I always learned this Gemara this way as well. What's fascinating is. Right, you can do teshuva, you can turn around, you can change the course of the ship, even, even on, uh, on the day of Owen's death. It's a very, very powerful Gomorrah, and it's a very powerful story. The truth is, the Gomorrah actually gave the story a title, and most of us ignore the title. 
The first line of this Gemara actually told us what this Gemara is about, but we ignored it because we got lost in the story. What was the first line of the Gemara? What was it all about? Sure. This was Apshara. This Gemara was about finding a compromise between these two individuals. Let's dig that a little deeper now. Now, now I appreciate what's really going on in this Gemara. This Gemara is, is a, a profound story in and of itself, but when, you, when we take a step backwards, it's much, much more profound. Let's understand this on its own terms. So we, we're just going to, I have an opportunity of learning with a few Chera on Shabbos afternoons, Ein Aya, Rav Cook's Sefer on, um, on the Gemara. And um, it's a remarkable insights. And I'd like to share something which is just a groundbreaking perspective on, on this. Uh, we do this half now before Mincha on Shabbos. This particular idea is, is so unbelievably powerful that I think it's worth, it's worth unpacking slowly. Here's, here's what he says. There are two strengths, or well, there's two strengths of the leadership in the nation of Israel. One is called Koyach HaMelucha and one is called Koyach HaNevoah. Let's now move away from people and look at them as metaphors for ideas. So we have one, one, one we'll call the strain of leadership will be the political leadership, what he calls Koyach HaMelucha, as represented in this story by Chizkei HaMelech. And then there's what's called Koyach HaNevoah, which is spiritual leadership, and that is represented in the figure of Yeshayahu. And it's interesting when you look at a, a, a system of government, when you look at a, uh, a, a nation which has to be ruled, the, the, the four, we'll call it the primary function of Koyach HaMelucha, of the, of we'll call it political leadership, is to secure and ensure that there is going to be stability and there's going to be functionality of the present. Right? Meaning to say, what's the main fo focus of the, of the government? The government should be that there is a police force, that there is an army, that there is an economy, that there is taxation, that there is safety. Right? These are the main focuses and all of those focuses are about the here and now. Let this be a successful economy. Let the GDP per capita be rising per year. Let there be general satisfaction in society. Let the happiness quotient be rising. Let the depression um, numbers be, be dropping. Let society be successful. That's what's called Koyach Hamelucha. But there's another element which is Koyach HaNavua. And the Koyach HaNavua is not so much focused on the nitty gritty of the here and now, not so much focused on necessarily the economy, trade, international foreign relations. That's not really its, its focus. Its focus are, is on what we call the spiritual values of the society. Where is the society going? What trajectory is it taking? What does it care about? What are its, what are its value systems more than just? We'll call it stability and success at this point in time. And that is represented in Yeshayahu Navi. And it's very difficult to work out which of those two are primary. Because if you go to the extreme in either, in either direction, you end up in a, with a terrible society. Let's go, let, let's take the more obvious one first. If you have a society which is only governed by Koyach HaMelucha, which only has, we'll call it, uh, we'll call it political governance, without spiritual value-based governance, you end up learn to looking like what a lot of the West does look like today. A lot of the Western, now Europe's a number of years ahead of America, but America is sort of going in that general direction as well, which is that when you sort of remove religion from the picture and all you have is the values of a safe society and a, it's a successful society, you have a godless society which finds all kinds of very perverted value systems. Right, all kinds of very disturbing value systems and it goes off the off the straight and narrow quite easily about all kinds of issues and while it's while it's at threat from fundamentalists it's still trying to ban you know uh, ritual slaughter and all kinds of terrifying things when you have a what called valueless society anything is possible and when anything is possible anything will actually be legislated and we, we look at some very dark uh, you know, days ahead of us in Europe and, and even in America in terms of what a, a godless society looks like. Cults, right? All kinds of uh, very disturbing individuals step into that void. 
On the other hand, let's look at the, the other kind of situation. What happens when you have a society which is governed only by koyach and nevuah, we'll call future value systems, and not necessarily by current state of affairs and the value of today? What kind of country does that look like? Iran, In the, well, Iran good. Iran is a, a, good, a great example. So when you have, what was that, Bora? Yeah, right. So let's say you're a zealotry, a zealous-based society, a society which only believes in the future, but not in the here and now. So then the population are dispensable to the needs of the government right now, if you think about that. So when you have a theocracy, which is like what Iran is, which is run by the Ayatollah, then people are dispensable and the economy means that, yes, the economy is on the brink of collapse, but it's fine. We'll carry on investing in the nuclear program because we're going to, we, we, have, a, we have a goal and the goal is international power and threat, spreading terrorism and the destruction of the Zionist dream. Okay, you know, we'll do anything we can, even at the sacrifice of individuals. And that becomes, you know, in, in the microcosm, you know, if you go back 20 years to the Intifada, where, you know, when suicide bombers were, you know, being dragged up and strapped, uh, strapped with, uh, with uh, um, just, uh, well, explosive vests, you know, what, what were they telling them, right? What were they the language they would tell them is, you don't worry about now because in the future you're going to get all kinds of great things, right? Um, and, and that'll be all right. You can, you can dispense of the, the present for a, 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 the, the future. That's a very dangerous kind of society as well. So if you have a society, so to speak, which is only living in the here and now, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, that's a very dangerous kind of society. If you have a society which, which is only about the future, you also have a tremendous amount of risk. You need to have a society which has a value system at the same time as um, a value system of the future and also a current value system as to stability, political stability and safety and care about improving the here and now, not just about the improving the, the future. So then the question becomes, yeah. Wasn't the time of Shoftim basically that Israel's ruled by Nebuah? And, and, and with that, with that, with that? No, no, Yiftach was not a Navi. Yiftach was, was a military leader, right? Yeah, and the struggle that's being described there with Pinchas is, is who bows to who, right? So you, and, and in fact, the, 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 the danger of Shoftim was that the political governance was, was not consecutive, right? So you had a Shofet arrive, another Shofet arrive, gaps in between, and, and people weren't so interested in listening to the, to the spiritual <coughs> leaders at the time. This is a kingdom at the time. Complicated. Even when it comes to Malachim as well, part of the, the, the struggle with Malachim is exactly the struggle over here is, we, if we know that both are necessary, it's necessary to have a system, a society which is, which is focused on a future value system, that there's not just a here and now, but it also needs to improve the here and now. So which of those two supersedes the other? Which of those two, when put into the same box, which of them comes first? And I think that's, the, the, that's what the Gemara is actually asking. The Gemara is saying is, Yeshayah wouldn't come to Chizkiah, and Chizkiah wouldn't come to Yeshayah. What it essentially means is, who is first, right? Which of, these, which of these values actually should be the first one governing society when both are necessary? And Yeshayahu says, I come first because I represent the spiritual values of the future. And Yeshayahu says, well, I represent the values of society today. I need society to work and therefore into that should Nevoah should come. That's the question the Gemara is asking. Now that's much more of a complex question. That's much more of a profound question. If you think about the, the government in Israel today, it's a complicated issue. Is where does religion play a part in the government, right? Is is should religion and religious values be the foremost deciding factor about all policy, or should it be the secondary? And the government's job is to do what the government's supposed to do and should consult with the religious when it comes to values that relate to the religious. These are complicated questions, and the Gemara is asking that question. That's why the heading of the Gemara is not about. In fact, the specific story about Hiskiel and Yeshayel, but it's about how do you balance these values? And the, what's interesting is the Gemara doesn't say one or the other. Do you know what, how does the Gemara answer? Let's think about this in, 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 in terms of the answer now. The Gemara gives us a fascinating answer. What does it do? Hashem makes Hiskiel essentially 
we'll call it political government, get sick. And then spiritual government comes to visit political government. That interesting? Which means, in a certain sense, what, what, what really happens? On the one hand, who's, who, who is bending to whom? On the one hand, Yeshayahu is bending to Chizkiel. He is going to visit the government. But on the other hand, the government is sick and dependent on the spiritual government, which means the res resolution the Gemara is presenting is a state of interdependence. That brilliant? It looks like the spiritual are visiting. It looks like the Koach HaNavuah is visiting the Koach HaMelucha. But really, the Koach HaMelucha depends on and needs the blessing and the foresight of the Koach HaNavuah. That's the, 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 the we'll call the inextricable interdependence of the society of Israel. On the one hand, governing a safe and good society, a politically sound and stable society, a society which has foreign relations, but a society also governed by religious values in the future. And if you pull it to either extreme, when one side is ignored, you will have a failure of society. Which, by the way, many people in Israel today would want one extreme over the other extreme, and neither are going to be successful. You cannot have a society which is only Koyach You cannot have a society which is only Koyach It will take a very short amount of time for those two, those two to fall apart. Finding some sort of coalition. Coalitions are very complicated. And coalition means, what's the word the Gemara uses for that? Pshara, right? To some sort of degree of Pshara where, where each one's giving a little bit actually is in fact the way that it needs, to, it needs to go. Not simple. What that looks like in reality, I'm not advocating any coalition over another. Because all of these are coalitions. What's been happening in Israel over the last few years is, is, is compromise. But who's going to compromise? And the Gemara, this is what the Gemara is uh, investigating. Let's just push that a little further just to appreciate what the Gemara is saying then. So Chizkiah is sick. That means to say that the, the government itself is in need. It's, it's in, in, in dire need. Why is it in need? Because what was Chizkiah doing? What was he thinking about? He was thinking about, I have Ruach HaKodesh, about the future. What does Yeshayahu Manavi say to him? Not your department. Do you, see, you understand what, what Chizkel is, is the mistake he did? He assumed the role of being also the spiritual advisor of the nation. That's not your role. You understand? I, Yeshayahu, will tell you what's necessary about the future. That's my job. Your job right now is to make sure that the here and now is doing what it should be. And that includes you. You as the political leader, you as the king, need to be doing what you're doing now. And you know what, Hashem Baruch Hu gave you a mitzvah, and the mitzvah is Pira Verivia. You need to have a family. Do the best you can to, to, to do that. I, Yeshayah, will tell you what you need to worry about the future. Don't overstep your boundary into the Koach HaNavua. That's essentially what he's saying. Then let's flip, flip it around to the next step for, for a moment. If that's the case, what was Yeshayah's response then? says, even when the sword is upon the neck, I'll still, I'll still um, ask for mercy. Which essentially what he's saying is, is I don't care what you have to say about the future, I will still pray about the present. Which means to say, by the same, by the same argument that you made to me, I will now pray for the present because that's my department. And he was right. You can't tell me that I'm liable for the future if I can control the present right now. And that's ultimately how he succeeds. It's the, we'll call it reimagining the roles which brings about the success of the whole operation. Once Chizkiyahu can be the Melech and once Yeshayahu can be the Novi, then they can ultimately succeed and coexist together. And that's the, that, that is the, 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 what the Gemara is trying to convey to us. Yes, it is a story. Yes, it is something which occurred in history. 
but it's also the vehicles for much greater discussion and debate in history. There is one last la last point, and I will just close this, which is which is also fascinating. The Gemara does have an interesting text, a, a, su a subtext, which is um, which is uh, quoted. It's actually quoted in. The Gomorrah in Brachos in the Bach, in Rav Yoel Circus's notes. Can somebody just pass me a Brachos if that's all right? I just want to see if I can, I want to, I want to add one last little line to this Gomorrah because I think it's really fascinating. If you can see any Brachos around, I'm sorry to. Do we have any, any down there? Whenever you need it, it's not, not around. Yes. People like, you know, Sattler and all those, how would they, how would they, how do they interpret this tomorrow? I, they, I don't know. I don't think they're, they're, they're looking at the bigger picture. Thank you so, so much, Jonathan. I got it, I got it. So they, they, it's, a, it's a good question. I think today, in today's society, certain segments of the society say the following. They say, we don't really care about the government. So, you know, we're going to treat it like the governments in Europe, which we have no interest in. All our interest is, is in financial gain for our values. So we'll use whatever we can do to extract whatever we can from this government for our values, right? And they may be good values at certain times. But that's that that that, that that's, that's not a model that 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 uh, that Rakhuk Kumar is, is saying. And there are others who say, you know, that was the ghettos in Europe. Forget all of that nonsense. Let's uh, we're making a a, 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 a a country, and we're going to make a country which will ignore all of all that stuff. And that's also a failed exa a failed example of what this is meant to be. So not not so simple. No no no. They asked yeah. So there's, there, are those, there are many who don't uh, take anything at all, but there are many who are in the government saying, we don't really care about the government, but we'll extract what we can. Right, so it's, it's important to understand the complexity of, the, of today's society. We have with Yeshaya and Christio is the same, basically from Hashish Korach, it was the same dichotomy that Korach was coming and saying, listen, I don't care, I see the future. And Moshe was saying, don't look at the future, you have to look at yourself. Right, so th there's, there's a lot, lot to talk about when it comes to, to, to that. There's a number of dimensions to that. Chizkiyahu was more altruistic than Korach. Yes, so there's, yes, 100%. Listen, listen to this fascinating discussion. I never saw this because I never focused on this Bach, but the Rav Yol Circus has an interesting extra ad addition in the text of the Gemara. I'm sorry for not putting it here. It says, L'Soif, Yoiv Le Barte, in the end, Yeshua did give him his daughter, he did get married to Yeshua's daughter. Nafak Minei Menashe Varavshake. So he had two children. He had Menashe and Ravshake. Now, this is fascinating. I, I, what, what this means is complex because Ravshake, the timing is hard to understand. Right? Because um, according to one idea, according to one tradition that we have, this episode of Cheskel Melech getting sick was at the same time as the siege of Jerusalem when the, the forces of Assyria were surrounding, the, uh, surrounding the Jerusalem, at which time the, one of the generals of the Assyrian forces was a man by the, man by the name of Rav Shakeh. So to assume that his child was Rav Shakeh is hard to understand if that means physically or t uh, technically, or unless we bifurcate and we say that this episode of the siege of Jerusalem happened well after the sickness of Hezekiah and the two are not traditionally licked, which might be what this text is saying. So he has these two children. Yumachada arkavinu akasve, he was bringing the two children on his shoulders. Lamtovinu lebei midrasha. And he's bringing his two sons to the base midrash. Um, Omar Mar Omar Khad Minaihu, Khazai Rashid Abba Lemitvei Be Guldina 
So the Guldani. So the, uh, the, the one of them says, look, we can use the head of our father, so to speak, to get lots of, you know, of, of pleasure and, 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 and uh, benefit from today. Um, and the other one said, oh, we can use father's head to, you know, and uh, to sacrifice to Avodah Zorah. So the two of them are both nefarious, nefarious suggestions, right? One using, using father to enrich ourselves, another one using father to, to advance our, our, our spiritually nefarious agenda. Um, he says, he threw them down to the ground. And Rav Shakai died, and, uh, and Menashe lived. That's the Gwaris' very strange story. So a few things you see so from the story. Number one is, is sometimes people say, Oh, Chizkiah, what a failure of his, as a father, right? He knew Menashe was coming, he had Menashe, and Menashe still turned out to be Menashe. So the first thing you see from this, this text, this additional text is, where was he taking them? The base Medrash. Of course Chizkiah did the very best he could to educate. And we as parents know that sometimes that doesn't even work. We try our best, right? <laughs> let's, not, let's, not, let's be careful before we lay, lay blame. That's number one. So it's these two children. And what's interesting is, is that essentially what, what, what these two children represent, as the Gemara is trying to describe, is the corruption of both of these ideas. Right? So you have a Menashe. It doesn't describe who's who, but it's quite clear who should be who. The Rav Shakai person is, is the one who's saying that let, let's, let's utilize dad, let's u- utilize father as a cash cow, right? as, as a way to, to have a successful life. We'll get you know, our first you know, uh, Maserati at 16, and we'll, you know, we'll have, you know, uh, you know, get a nice uh, Riviera, and we'll, it'll, be a, it'll be a wonderful kind of existence after all. We'll be the trust fund baby, and, we'll, and everything will be just great. That's the one, one perspective. The other one is Menashe was a little more corrupt spiritually. And he says, Let me, let, let's use Abba, let's use the Father's um, in influence to, to create a uh, Avodah a shrine to Avodah What essentially they're doing is there's actually the corruption of each of those two forms of leadership. The form of leadership when it comes to govern, government and success in this world, making sure there are parks and making sure there is garbage removal and all those things that, are in, that the political government are in charge of. Well, when that's corrupt, all you have is a society which is essentially looking at Self, uh, self-betterment and, and I, 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 and no greater values, right? That's one corruption of the extreme of what the government looks like. The other corruption of the spiritual government is, well, let's have a, a spiritual government which is the wrong spiritual ideas. Let's lead it down, down to another, we'll call it a future value system path about, you know, we'll, we'll cultivate a society which will serve other spiritual deities as well. So these are essentially the, we'll call it the, the bad variants that, 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 that Chizkiah was destined to have, one on each side. What is interesting about it is that when Chizkiah Melech tries to intercede and he throws them both down to the ground, one of them lives and one of them dies. Now, it doesn't mean to say he killed his child, God forbid. What it means is that in trying to, to fix the situation, the one value system which will by itself dry up earlier than the other value system is the one which is fully involved in this world. That, that society will shrivel up faster. Why? Because a society which is focused on material embitterment and freedom from rather than freedom to will ultimately come to its own end. And that's what we're seeing with a lot of Western democracies, right? Where they're sort of imploding upon, in, in, upon themselves. There is just no, is future, no future value systems. The Rav Shakes of society are, are, are closing in on themselves because there is nothing. You can't go to war about a value because there's no values, right? You can't talk about society, society is good because you're only talking about yourself and your own embitterment. When it comes to the other spiritually corrupt society, we'll call it the Menashe's of society, although that's a terrible thing, although, and, and, that's, and it's a corruption of what it should be, but there still is hope because you still talk about values. 
right? The spiritual values, even though they might be the wrong spiritual values, you can still have a conversation. That's what happens with Menashe. Menashe has 180 in the middle of his knife and he can turn around. So society governed like that, there's at least room for a conversation as to being able to pivot it in a positive direction in the future. It itself won't necessarily die by itself. It has the potential and capacity to be able to be shifted. So again, another perspective in, we'll call it, societies of the world, governed by the future, governed by the present. The dangers, they're in, in both. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Oseh Pesha Dovar. I think this is a model which we, we should be contemplating. Peshara um, compromise is perhaps the only way in which society, and certainly Israel and Jewish society, can possibly succeed. Rabbi, so thank you so much for taking the time. Um,